What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about what I think is probably Topps' biggest move uh, in kind of this whole... We're in a bit of a transition period within sports cards. You know, obviously, Fanatics came in. They bought the Topps license. And then they came in and bought the other licenses for the other sports, which sort of leaves Panini out of the out of the loop a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be doing. I mean, I know we've seen, you know, they came out with the Fanat or the the Panini Monopoly product. We've seen them come out with the Funko Pop Prism products. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what their strategy is going forward. I mean, I, I've I've heard rumblings that we. I mean, every I think everybody's heard rumblings that Tops or Fanatics is going to buy Panini. We'll see if that happens. I mean, I don't. I think it's good to have the competition, but I mean, for for Panini, in, in my opinion, Panini hasn't really done much to innovate over the past few years. I mean, sure, they've come out with like the like the the acetate products that were, I think it was clearly Donruss they came out with, or I forget the exact name of it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But, but like other than that type of stuff, I mean, there hasn't been like a monster or a big amount of innovation. I mean, I, th- I think other than like these couple things that have come out, like the shoes actually. So other than these couple things that have come out over the past, you know, six months, all we've really seen from them is just an increase in print run, you know, the same old, same old, like terrible, uh, Terrible quality control, whatever. So, so, but that—that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about tops. So, I think the biggest change that tops is going to have is bringing in the NIL licenses and coming out with these products like the Bowman U products. So, you're getting these first Bowman cards of players that are still in college. I think that this is going to be, this is going to be one of the ways that they're going to 10x the fan base of sports cards like they said so like this week the tops industry summit was going on and another thing that one of the fanatics people said was that i forget, i think it was michael rubin i'm thinking i think i forget exactly i i saw a tweet from uh watch the breaks uh phenomenal twitter account you should go follow he's been tweeting a lot of like quotes from the show of stuff that they've been talking about uh and one of the things was that they said they were going to try and 10x the amount of people in the hobby which is something obviously i am a fan of i mean i know some people probably aren't i think it does depend on where they try and get this audience from too in a way but at the same time it's like i think the more people that get into sports cards what what I think will happen is the more people that get into sports cards, eventually there's going to be changes where people get in and they leave. But I think uh, the experience of getting into sports cards is going to hold more people maybe than that will eventually leave. I think we saw over the past, you know, two, three, four, maybe even five years, we saw a lot of people get in and then a lot of people leave, you know, maybe content creators, maybe people that are just buying and selling, people that – you know, maybe that we're just in it to flip, and there's a good chance that if you got in at the right time, you made a lot of money. If there's a chance, and then there's also a pretty good chance if you got in at the wrong time, you lost a lot of money, unfortunately. So I think I don't know what audience Fanatics is going to be trying to go for just based on these early kind of changes that they've made. It seems like they're going to try and attract an audience of of uh, of of 
people who are sports fans, but don't maybe necessarily have a pro sports team that they're a fan of. Uh, and this Bowman product, I think, is the perfect example. Like, if you look at college teams in general, like, those fan bases, I think, are more... I'll use the term rabid. I don't know if that's necessarily the right one that are more diehard. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. The more diehard fan bases than in the pros, in my opinion. Like, I think you look at, you know, Alabama football, you look at like a Michigan football or Ohio State or, um, you know, maybe you could even say like Florida State or, you know, TCU maybe or any of these large fan bases within college. Like, the thing that happens to with these college teams and the college fan bases is that if you can get a player, so, you know, for example, A.J. McCarron, he, you know, he won three national championships when he was in college, but then goes on to the pros and doesn't maybe have the best, doesn't have the best career, but it's like, if you have an Alabama fan, A.J. McCarron goes to Alabama. That dude is an absolute legend. Like, I think it's the same with other fan bases. So, like, David Ortiz, for example, like, if he goes to Boston, he's not, you know, he's not buying a drink in that city. Like, and that's just not, maybe that's not the best example of him being a legend, but it's like, it's more, it's more of a euphemism for, like, he is one of the most famous people in that city. Same, I think the same with A.J. McCarron. I mean, I don't know necessarily if Bryce Young will be like that. I think... Mac Jones is kind of like that, probably. And if you look at the way that these players are looked at in their respective college towns, like, if there's a possibility that you can bring one of those fans into sports cards, you know, they're... You know, it, it, it may be a, a scenario where, like, you know, A.G. McCarron, I think I just used that example, like, he didn't go on to have the best pro career but like if a if a um if a fan of Alabama you know buys a, the AJ McCarron of this era's first Bowman card and he follows him throughout college and then he gets to the pros maybe he's going to get into those pro products and follow even though AJ McCarron doesn't have a great pro career he's still a fan of AJ McCarron even if he's not good because and this is maybe from coming from a perspective where I am a college fan of college sports, but like not the way that a lot of people like like the Alabama football or, you know, Duke basketball. I think it's Duke basketball is another good example. Like, sure, they have, you know, the, the Panthers and they have uh, the Charlotte Bobcats in that kind of area. But like a Duke basketball fan is probably more of a fan of Duke basketball than they are professional sports. It could You could look at maybe uh, UNC as, as another example, or Indiana basketball, or whatever. You know, it, there are just so many diehard for college fan bases that I think they haven't had the opportunity or reason to collect cards, I think, because, you know, that A.J. McCarron fan, once they get to the pros... You know, they still might follow them, but like if after a couple of years, AJ McCarron doesn't really have those, um, they don't have the 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 prestige of the card. I guess they're gonna look and they're gonna have the opportunity now at least to look back and say, well, you can still collect some of his college cards of when he was in college. And I think that's also kind of the other part of this discussion that I think is important. Like Panini, I think they're. And it's really no fault of Panini's that their execution of the college card, I don't think, was 
as good as it potentially could have been because the players just weren't in college anymore. Like you, if you're going out and buying a Zion Duke card, like he's already on a pro team, and that's just the, you know the way that the licenses were structured when Panini was coming out. At least this is what I think. Maybe they could have been coming out with these cards. I think not because of like NIL wasn't a thing, and I, I actually am not 100% sure if NIL completely changed the way that these college licenses worked. I think it did because, you know, like Leaf comes out with like unlicensed college stuff. Um, I think Tops came out a couple years, over these past couple years, Tops has come out with unlicensed college stuff, but I think that was their first they were trying to gauge the market on some of these cards. So I think like Bryce Young, I'm pretty sure has a, you know, Alabama, uh, tops card, but not, it wasn't, it wasn't a licensed tops card. So that's like, I mean, obviously that's the big difference here, I think. And so I'm just wondering long-term if that's going to affect the, the value of some of these college products. I don't think it affects the previous values of college products so like panini stuff you know panini panini draft picks any of that type of stuff where they're in their college uniforms but they're already on a pro team uh i don't think it affects those cards unfortunately just because if you look at the the two obvious differences here the obvious difference is going to be the licensing and when the cards are coming out because if you look at you know basketball and football for example uh compared to baseball with bowman the the runway for these players for when they are amateurs you know about to go pro to when they go pro is much different because of the, because of college like some of these players play in college for baseball and then they get drafted uh but for the most part like you're not getting a Bowman baseball, you know, LSU baseball or whatever baseball team or, you know, Virginia or any of these good baseball programs. You're not getting Bowman baseball products of players that are in college. You you get them when they get to when they get drafted or they sign with a team and then that eventually leads to their cards being available in their pro uniforms. And I think the differences in the like runway for example like if a if if a zion college card had come out when zion was in college that would have that would have been like a monster product like i don't know if we necessarily have any zions coming up in college basketball like i think mikey williams for example maybe but like his his hype has sort of died down. You know, we have that player from France, Victor. Oh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name to be completely honest, but like, so he is going to be in the draft coming up. So he's not necessarily going to have maybe one of these Bowman products because he's playing over in France. Um, but who knows? Like, you know, tops has done, they've done products with like, uh, they've done products with the Japanese baseball league that Shohei Otani and Ichiro, played in or now they do at least uh so who knows maybe that's the next step like if 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 there are steps i think in the right direction we're gonna see more we're gonna see more innovation i think from tops here because i think just in, in from in in my head i'm thinking of times where they've kind of innovated a little bit to try and increase the fan base, which has been like, I mean, I think tops 2020 was the one. And then, you know, the next couple of years of that product coming out with the artists, because you have the artist fan bases that wasn't necessarily a fanatics project, but I could potentially see that 
product expanding in a way where they maybe they less cards, but they bring on more artists who um, do this, and then maybe they bring in maybe Tops and Fanatics continues to get some of these like other licenses for you know other brands or products like not 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 brands or products like tv shows uh pop culture i guess if that makes sense like i think that we're going to see more experimentation from fanatics and tops if if that's what they're trying to do you know because like they say that they're trying to 10x the amount of people in the hobby but it's like if you're a sports fan i think it's hard for me to wrap my head around a sports fan not knowing about sports cards and then maybe not even maybe not have have not purchased them over the past few years like i can't i can't think of really other professional fan bases that wouldn't have gotten into cards i mean you know maybe there's sports betting people that haven't really gotten into cards but i think like they know about cards like at least in my opinion i think they at least i think they would know like so the 10xing of the hobby i think is going to be they're going to have to figure out how to cater towards you know their fan base right now which i have also sort of compared sports cards to video games in a way because one thing that i think the video game industry has done over the past few years that you know maybe for the good maybe for the bad is they've catered a lot of games towards a more casual audience which if you're you know into sports cards i think it's it, at, at times it can definitely be confusing and like tough to get into them because like there's so many different sets there's so many different things and i think one thing that they have done to make things a little bit easier and i think it's a good thing is like the sp in tops or the ssp in in tops series one like they put it right on the card that it's a short print like because before it used to just be this little tiny text and nobody unless like i said unless you are a diehard into sports cards like you really know you're not going to know that you're not going to know a card is an SP just from looking at it. Like you, you have to know the code on the back. You have to know the code is different, which uh, who is, you know, unless you are, like I said, unless you're a diehard, you don't even know what the codes are. Like, sure. If you go looking for them, it's kind of easy to tell. Like if you Google search, whatever product short print, you're going to find the code, but it's like, if you don't know to look for that, you don't know. So it's like now that they're putting the SSP on the card, like predominantly on the, on the back of the card, like it's some of the biggest text on there. So like they're making it easier for people to understand cards. And I think that's one thing. I think that that's one big step in the right direction, but going back to the example of video games, for example, like the casual versus the diehard, I think from a, perspective where people people play video games and the diehards are obviously going to play and they're going to find the the issues and you know it's kind of the same with sports cards where like the people who are super into it they're going to find a lot of the issues that happen within cards um but i don't think that necessarily is a bad thing like sure there are going to be like bugs in video games that people find but it's like it takes a lot it takes sometimes a lot of time for people to find these bugs and exploits in video games maybe there isn't one within cards i guess i mean you could say like people selling cards maybe there's exploits i guess cheat codes like where a card isn't isn't exactly what it's supposed to be but you can list it as a certain thing and people will think it that think that it is that way i guess um so i think tops and fanatics if they're going to really 
10x like they said that they're trying to the niche well not even niche because like it's a big fan base but like these the the fan bases of of diehard the the groups of diehard fan bases those are the ones that where i think they're going to need to try and figure out how they can get those people into cards um you know maybe there is like a sports betting angle that they can go about to try and get maybe some of those people into cards a little bit um but i think like college sports you know i think tops 2020 whether people like it or not i think that brought people into cards and i think unfortunately uh, there was you know obviously the i think the famous griffey the the griffey tops 2020 project card that like had like a hundred thousand print run because like the first few of those cards didn't really have that big of a print run and those cards were selling for you know hundreds of dollars and then people were like oh we can buy into this and sell it and it, it's 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 kind of almost one of the things where it's like maybe that is a casual versus a diehard fan right there like they don't if you're new to cards you look at a you don't maybe you don't understand the concept of print on demand so the education and you know teaching of some of the certain things within cards i think is going to be important for fanatics to do because like unfortunately there's probably a lot of people who spent money on uh that fanat that tops the griffey card because they're like oh well all of these cards are selling for thousands of dollars i'll just buy this card or a hundred dollars i'll just buy this card and it'll do the same thing and right now you can buy that card for probably less than you could have bought it from tops so like that was an example i think of the the it was a it was the perfect storm of like the market doing something but then people not understanding why that why that was happening um and yeah so like for for tops and fanatics i think it's important to educate preemptively i think like seeing you know for tops obviously they made out like bandits on that one but it's like people probably lost a decent amount of money buying that card so like i almost wish that I wish that there had been someone potentially at tops to see that was happening and maybe even be like, okay, we're waiting on this card because we need to tell, we need to put out some sort of piece of education around this product and show people that like, yes, these things happen, but that, but this, uh, causation, causation doesn't equal, I don't know what the terminology is there, but it's like, it's, something I, I don't exactly know what the what the causation doesn't re i don't know what the terminology there but it's like the this thing happening doesn't mean that it's going to happen again essentially is what i think should have been some sort of there should have been some sort of communication around that or even like i don't know i don't know if it's like tops like i don't know because then it, maybe it counteracts and it affects the card even more where they don't they stop coming out with the product for like a week or two so the hype dies down a little bit, which obviously for tops, they don't want to do that. But I think there is a very fine line between trying to, like with video games, trying to cater towards a diehard fan base who's out there every single time buying your products, buying all these things versus, you know, the the casual fan base who who maybe be, who might be doing the same, but they're they're buying like a box of something where, or a box of the new thing that's coming out versus like the diehard who's buying multiple of the same boxes of each and every single product that comes out. And it's like, you want to cater towards both, but it's like, it's exactly, it's a fine line between figuring out what's a good money-making product or what's a good product that's going to make money versus what's also going to help 
the what's also going to help the community because with cards, it's really one of the only. I think it's one of the only industries and hobbies where it's like it can be self-sustaining if you're disciplined enough. Like if you buy a box of cards and you set and like if if your whole thing is that you're trying to if you're if you're trying to find a hobby in my opinion that you can do and that you can continue to do without having to really you know you're going to be spending money but like without having to go completely overboard like sports cards is definitely a way where you can buy a box or you can buy a card or you can buy something and then you can either sell the thing or sell whatever it is to then fund the next thing that you're trying to buy. And it's like I said, it's really one of the only industries where it's like that. Sneakers, you could say as an example, maybe the reselling community in general is, is like that, but like cards where you can open a box of cards, like you can open, it's probably a little bit harder if you're opening like Top's flagship or whatever, you're probably not getting much value out of that. But like if you're opening up Top's flagship and you sell every single rookie card once you open it, there's probably a decent chance that like if you spent $20 or $25 on the box that you're probably getting like 10 to $15 back. And you're also kind of learning, you're learning the process of selling as well. So it's kind of a multifaceted sort of hobby that I think is important for people to understand. And the nuances are not as obvious. Obviously that's why they're new called nuances, but, but I think if tops can figure out a way to bring in these new fan bases, educate them to the point where they know what they're doing. Like, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good idea for tops to try and cater to an audience of people who are just going to spend money and don't understand what they're spending their money on. Like, I don't think it's smart. Like maybe like, and and that tops 2020 project, I think is a good example. Like, I think there was people that probably were, buying a lot of those cards thinking that they were going to sell for hundreds or thousands of dollars but not realizing that they the 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 product that they were buying that was sell the project the product that was being bought that was then being sold is not going to equal the new product coming out because of the print on demand concept and i mean i think we've we've seen that with with other print on demand products you know tops now there's sometimes that happens like um some of the tops living set, like for soccer, for example, like Mbappe from 2018 or Erling Haaland from 2019, like both of those cards are fairly low print runs, but it's like now that people know that those cards are low print runs and that they sell for a decent amount, like a hundred, $200, like the, you know, the next hot rookie, people aren't sleeping on that player or that product anymore. So I think I'll wrap it up here. And I think my whole thought process between or behind the Bowman U is that I think Tops is going to continue to cater towards a casual audience, but I think that they need to figure out how to educate the audience as well as sell to the new audience. So that way, like I said, they're not they're not selling to somebody who doesn't understand what they're buying. If that makes sense, I think. Um, like I said, that's I'll probably wrap it up there. Um, I think that's kind of my thought process. I lo- I really like the Bowman Chrome U cards, so uh, they're definitely ones that I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, that's all I've got. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah, I know the podcast doesn't come up as much. I I think I say it on every single podcast episode that comes out. Like I want to I want to put out more, and sometimes 
sometimes I have the motivation to, sometimes I don't. So, you know, all the people that still support the content, I mean, it really means a lot. Like if you're listening now too, like I still do content, um, for hobby hotline, uh, probably like two or three times a month I'm on that show. Um, so if you want to hear from me, check I should check like Twitter most of the time cause I'm retweeting the episodes that I'm on most of the time. So, uh, go check that out. Uh, go check out heroes for sale on all other socials as well. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you in the next one.